welcome to this week's Scots in Us podcast from the American Scottish Foundation. I'm Camilla Hellman, president of the foundation, and I'm delighted to be with you today as we begin our episode, Looking Back as We Look Forward. We felt this was a great title this week as we've all made our way through a rather delayed and stretched out burn season, but we have a countdown on now to the wonderful Tartan week of events culminating in the Tartan Day Parade in New York. So let's begin by looking at Burns Night and a conversation we had the other week with Alan Beck. He's Senior Vice President of the Robert Burns World Federation and he caught up with Jamie McEachin, who was the first person to record his album in the Burns Cottage. And they were talking about the importance of Burns to our community, how even now, Years later, his words are, he is the National Bard of Scotland, and his words and music brings our community together like no other. And so let us join Alan Beck and Jamie McGeechan. For people that have never attended a burn supper before, although they, they may wish to, how would you describe a burn supper? And do you have to be Scottish or have any Scottish ancestry to attend one? Well, for people who haven't attended a burn supper, how I would describe it is, it's an event not to be missed. <laughs> it's an event you have to attend. Um, our burn suppers are such great fun. That's the first thing. And, and I have done, I have been at them all over the world. Um, when you go to a burn supper abroad, if if people haven't been to one before, uh, at the start of it, they, they don't quite know what to make of it. By the end of it, they are Scottish. <laughs> by the, there's no question. By the end of it, they're Scots. It's as simple as that. Um, it's so infectious, uh, a Burns Supper. For a start, Burns, of course, wrote a lot of his stuff in Scots. So the language can be um, can be difficult. Uh, can be difficult for Scots, actually, not just for people out with Scotland, but it's the way that the enthusiasm for the subject infects everybody who's there. That's what it is. Some people will still leave a burn supper at the end of it. I mean, I, I was at a burn supper um, where I spoke and sang in Maastricht in Holland about three years ago. Now, some of the people there, oh, the Dutch speak great English, don't get me wrong, but some of the people there were not great English speakers. They had an absolute whale of a time uh, because the kind of infectious nature of the performers and the performances uh, really carries across. Um, so what can you expect? Well, you can expect the haggis to be piped in. And if you don't know what haggis is, it's absolutely delicious. It is lung and um, and heart and liver of a sheep minced up with onions, oats and spices and boiled in the stomach of a sheep. Yum. Doesn't that sound absolutely delicious? That is actually what it is. If you didn't know, that's what haggis is. And it is an absolute treat. It's so delicious. So you can expect the haggis to be piped in. You can then expect the haggis to be addressed Fair for your honest sonsy face, great chieftain of the pudding race, aboon them all ye tack your place, pain stripe or firm, wheel are ye worthy o' a grace, as lang's my arm. That's, um, 
I think a 13 verse poem that Robert Burns wrote to the haggis, addressing the haggis. Um, you can then expect uh, a really uh, good, hearty meal of traditional Scots fare, cockaleeky soup, which is uh, sort of a chicken soup. Um, then the haggis, neeps and tatties. Neeps and tatties are turnips and potatoes mashed together. Um, and depending on how posh you are, you then might go on to a, um, you know, a, a bigger main course um, of steak or, or beef or, or chicken or whatever. Uh, and then you'll get, as a dessert, probably cheese and bannocks, which are, are oat cakes um, and tea and coffee. And of course, it's all liberally washed down with uh, Ushkaba, the water of life, good Scotch whiskey. Um, the Queen will be toasted. Um, health to the reigning monarch. And at the end of that, we'll have the principal speaker. And the principal speaker will deliver the immortal memory to Robert Burns, and that will be toasted at the end of it. Then we'll have another toast, a toast to the lassies, um, which is a, a gentle kind of um, poking of fun at, uh, at the fairer sex by the gents. But the lassies have an opportunity to get back at them with the reply to the toast to the lassies, wherein um, perhaps the uh, the attack made by the woman to the man who has just delivered his toast is perhaps a little bit more vicious <laughs> than the toast to the lassies. Interspersed amongst all of these things are readings of Robert Burns and songs of Robert Burns and a little bit of piping. And then at the end of the evening, when it's approaching 12 o'clock, we all get together, we join hands and we sing the world's most famous song, by Robert Burns, Auld Lang Syne. And then we all jump in the taxis uh, and we get home. And when we should go to our beds, we don't because we've got a pal that's jumped in our taxi with us. And then we open the malt whiskey and we drink till about five o'clock in the morning, uh, just saying how wonderful that was. So that's a Burns supper for you in a nutshell. Okay, Alan, I think there will be many people out there, including myself, who are very keen to attend the Burns Supper that you're attending and presenting and performing at now. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Sounds brilliant. It's, it's been a while since I've attended one and certainly I'm uh, looking forward to the, the, the next one. I'm going to go down to uh, a Burns Supper in Oklahoma uh, next oh, weekend, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. It has been a wee while. Mm -hmm. um, and it'll be great, it'll be brilliant, and I'm sure there will be a few people there who are first-timers to a burn supper, but yeah. um, I'm sure it'll not be their last either. It'll not be and Jamie, last. that's great that they're first-timers to a burn supper. That's terrific because it means that people who have not experienced it are getting the opportunity because they're the next generation of burn supper goers and burn supper organisers. And now, as we continue to look back, as we look forward, we're going to catch up with Giles Ingram, who heads up the Abbotsford Trust, home of Sir Walter Scott. This is the 250th anniversary of Sir Walter Scott, which will culminate in a festival, the second one, in August of this year. This has been a very busy time for the Abbotsford Trust, as they were part of the Scottish effort to save the Honestfeld Library. The Scottish effort to bring the bards home was led by the National Library of Scotland, the National Trust for Scotland around the works of Burns, and the Abbotsford Trust around the works of, of Scott. It has been successful. And so let us begin by catching up with Giles to find out what the year ahead has. Mm -hmm. 
well, of course, I've been able to visit Abbotsford um, for the last few years and take a tour of it. And also um, there is the wing that can have a special group staying there, which is another wonderful thing. But this year you have several events that are planned to celebrate Sir Walter Scott's anniversary. And of course, it's the year of Scotland's stories, which could not be more apropos to what Sir Walter is all about. Um, absolutely. So when is that coming? So, um, yes, so you're absolutely right. So we're in the second half of the 250th anniversary of Walter Scott's birth. And that will run all the way through to August the 15th, which is Scott's Day, as we call his birthday, uh, which also happens to be the 200th anniversary of the day in which King George IV uh, visited Edinburgh on the first uh, visit by a reigning monarch to Scotland in nearly 200 years, unbelievably. And that was all ma masterminded by George IV. And I know we've, we've had uh, other discussions about that uh, on that topic on with the ASF as well. So we're going to be taking uh, a lot of our inspiration at Abbotsford from uh, the events that, that Scott masterminded for George IV's visit, because um, you talk about stories and Scotland stories, that event actually uh, was the genesis of a lot of what's become the stories that we tell ourselves about Scotland and what it is to be Scottish and some of those symbols of identity, because although Scott didn't invent them, uh, he certainly put tartan and whiskey slap bang in the centre as, as, as national icons and lifted them to a level um, of popularity, uh, which, which has, you know, we've never looked back from. Uh, and that very much started with that event 200 years ago this August. So at Abbotsford, we're going to be celebrating that uh, with the second of our annual festivals uh, called Scott Fest. So that's going to be the 12th to the uh, 14th of August over uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And we'd love anybody who is, who is planning to be thinking about coming to Scotland in the summer to try and incorporate that, uh, that, that Scott Fest event um into their plans because it promises to be a lot of fun and i've promised this before and i'm going to find a way to do this but if you've got any representatives of clans or anything like that okay. coming along do drop me a line and get in touch some way uh via yourselves if necessary um and we'll see if we can find a way to slip you into a procession give you something to carry and something to wear can we so what what is happening in may so we have um uh uh, um, anyone that may have heard me talking about the 250th anniversary before might be familiar with the fact that we're liaising with over 60 organisations, most of whom are across Scotland, but even including Naples Opera House uh, for Lucia de Lammermoor, the, the, um, uh, the, the, the famous opera which was written and first performed there. Uh, we, we, we have a website called um, uh, uh, scott250.com. Scott and on there you'll find we keep it up to date with events and talks and all the kind of commemorative items you mentioned, Royal Mint coins, books, etc. Um, so our listings are always on there, so do check that out. Um, you, you will find, for example, um, uh, well actually it's going to be 28th of February, it's been brought forward, Camilla, our exhibition on Walter Scott's collection of chapbooks. 
Now, nobody I have ever spoken to, and including myself, I have to admit, before I came to Abbotsford a few years back, knew what chat books were. Um, and now chat books are effectively the social media of the 1700s, the 1600s. But in Scott's day, when he was a child, um, the, the everyday person, they couldn't necessarily afford to buy newspapers or books. Books were very expensive for the average person. Um, but there were very cheap pamphlets that, um, that traveling salesmen would, would walk around the countryside and from towns to village selling. And they were very disposable, they didn't last very long. You'd pass them around friends and family, read them by the fire in the kitchen, and within no time at all, they fell apart. But Scott loved these things because they were full of fairy, 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 fairy stories, tales of the supernatural, some of them quite sort of bawdy songs and bawdy tales as well about lovers and, and uh, uh, people running off to sea dressed as uh, men when they're actually women. There's great fun stuff in it. And Scott collected 3,000 of these, um, which we've now discovered is one of the world's top collections of chapbooks. Um, and with the University of Aberdeen, there has been a project with a number of universities and academics to understand and explore these. So on the 28th of February and running throughout this year, uh, there will be an online exhibition uh, of the chapbooks. Absolutely fascinating. I think they're hilarious. Uh, and it will be launched on the 1st of March with, uh, with an evening talk. So we'll tell you more about that. It's much the year of, uh, of stories is within what is, what is expressed in that, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah, that would be brilliant. On, honestly, that's so much fun because they're complete. Don't, don't think that Scott was remotely stuffy or people no, were stuffy in those days. <laughs> when I talk about it being the social media of this age, I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty irreverent stuff. <laughs> The other thing that is really wonderful, and we were so honoured at ASF to play a small part in, as I say, amplifying the message, was the Honestfeld Library project, um, which is going to see these wonderful books and papers relating to Scott, returning to Abbotsford and to the National Library of Scotland. And it's a really exciting time for us. In the National Library, we've got the centenary in um, 2025 and of course we've come across this treasure trove at honours field this amazing collection which is hugely exciting time well indeed it, it's such a rare thing uh, isn't it for a collection um, of such incredibly incredible literary treasures uh, to come to, to come available Could you tell us a bit about the Huntersfield Library? Absolutely. Well, it, you're right. It's storybook stuff. It's fairy tale for, <laughs> for, for the people who are interested in books and libraries and manuscripts, indeed. Huntersfield yeah. um, um, is the library of William Law, and he was just a mill owner, but was incredibly um, interested in literature. And he lived... Honorsfield is about three miles outside of Haworth in Yorkshire, mm -hmm. which of course is the home of the Brontes. So at the end, um, in 1894, he purchased, we know, the commonplace book, the Burns commonplace book. And he also had lots of other amazing literary manuscripts within his collection, including letters of Jane Austen, Emily Bronte, and Scott 
and Burns. Um, nobody knew, very few people knew about the library and it passed to his brother and then his nephew. Uh, so it was a really a hidden secret and many people thought the library had disappeared altogether or been dispersed. Mm -hmm. And recently it came up for auction at Sotheby's and it's just come to light that it's still together and it's really jaw-dropping actually. Well, indeed, amazing. Um, and I can quite imagine that when this um, amazing find came on the market at, or, or, or came to auction, that must have been when this consortium was put together. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, of course, if it goes to private auction, the items will be dispersed and never be seen again as a collection or in the pub for the public. And the consortium came together really quite quickly. So we're working across the United Kingdom to make sure that we can purchase the items, preserve them, conserve them, make them available in the future and act collaboratively. It's really quite unique. So this is not just Scotland. This is this is the it's UK wide. So can you tell us which the members of the consortium are? Yes, it's the University of Oxford and mm -hmm. um, the Friends of the National Library, the Brotherton Library um, in Leeds mm -hmm. and at the University of Leeds, the Jane Austen Museum, uh, the Bronte Parsonage Museum, the National Trust for Scotland and Abbotsford. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because it's really came together so quickly, but are we going to soon see them at Abbotsford? Yes, this is hugely exciting. It's, it's, it's one of those, you know, every few decades, you, you have this, um, something will come onto the markets that is so important, culturally important, that everybody drops everything they're doing and rallies around to, uh, to, to make sure that, that, that it's saved for the nation, really. In other words, so that it isn't dispersed. Um, this is the case of the Honours Field Library and the manuscripts and the books within it. Um, ourselves, National Trust for Scotland, the National Library for Scotland, the British Library, Bronte Parsonage and others um, were so keen to make sure that it wasn't broken up and went into private ownership that it could be, uh, the manuscripts within it could be made available for, for people to go and view for, 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 um, uh, for the future. So yes, I'm delighted that we're part of this enormous um, uh, effort to say what will be now be called, thanks to a very generous donor, the Blavatnik Honoursfield Library. Um, that will be the it's uh, currently held by Sotheby's, uh, and the items we're awaiting a date at which uh, the items will then come across uh, to um, certainly the Scottish items, which will be um, uh, coming across to the National Library. Uh, Abbotsford and the National Trust of Scotland. We're expecting we'll probably have a date fairly soon and they'll come across probably around about April, May time. Uh, they won't immediately go on display because there's going to be some essential conservation that's required, but as soon as we can we'll be telling people uh, how to come and view them. I'm sure we'll manage to get them out quickly before they disappear into the vaults to be, to be looked after. Uh, but it's very exciting. So uh, the Scott items, Walter Scott items, there's a wonderful uh, original manuscript of Rob Roy, which is going to be going to the to the National Library of Scotland and to Abbotsford, uh, the only known uh, original part of Scott's famous long poem, The Lay of the Last Minstrel, which is a wonderful, romantic, chivalrous story of border feuds and clans in the days when the Scottish borders were really lawless they haven't they're not that much better 
these days, to be honest with you, Camilla. <laughs> um, uh, of the Scots and the Kerr clans, stories of the Scots and the Kerr clans fighting. Uh, and also a diary of, of the two months that Walter Scott spent uh, touring the, uh, the West Coast of Scotland on a light ship, um, including with uh, Robert Stevenson, who was a very famous uh, designer of lighthouses. In the days when this was cutting edge technology, the ability to be able to create lighthouses in the most exposed locations that could withstand everything that the sea could throw at it was cutting edge technology. And Scott went on a tour with Stevenson to inspect the lighthouses along the west coast of Scotland, where they take the full force of the, of the Atlantic, Atlantic gales. Uh, and of course, much of what he, he experienced found its way into his books, and uh, one of those being the, the pirate. With the bringing of the bards home, it really um, is a, a terrific moment for everybody to be celebrating Scottish literature in this way, and, the, and how there was such a collaboration to get this done. And so people can listen to a wonderful program we did with for everybody, with the National Trust of Scotland, with yourselves, the National Library, um, with various experts, um, that is called Bringing the Bards Home. And it will tell this great story of the brothers who started this whole wonderful Honest Art Library. And so, as we've mentioned before, the countdown is now on to Tartan Week, which will take place from April 4th through April 9th. In New York, it culminates with the New York Tartan Day Parade. And ASF is very proud to be one of the organizing partners alongside the New York Caledonian Club and the St. Andrews Society of New York. Leading up to the parade, we have several events planned, which we hope you'll join us for. On April 7th, we have the celebration of Burns in Music and Words at Papillon at 8 p.m. Details can be found on our website. Then we have lunchtime concerts planned at Brown Park on Friday the 8th at 12.30, um, prior to the parade at 11 a.m. Um, on Saturday, April 9th. And then uh, as a finish up to the whole parade weekend, on April 10th, you can join us at 12.30 back at Brown Park. There are a wonderful range of bands, pipe bands, singers, and dancers joining us. All the details are on our website. There are also two talks that we are doing with the New York Genealogical and Biographical Society, which will be online on April 6th and April 8th around storytelling and oral histories. We'll be joining Inverness Castle, the National Trust of Scotland, USA, with their stories from the Canna House, um, and also joining people from the islands and hearing from Shetland, Orkney, and the Outer Hebrides. So we hope that you're going to join us as we have a wonderful platform of events planned for you. All of them are available on our website. Thank you for joining us today. Our podcasts are released the first and third Monday of the month and are available on all your favorite podcast platforms, as well as YouTube and Facebook. And so until next time, thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.